What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is Antonio Gibson, and you are listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today is a very special guest, a guy I've been trying to get on the serious show and the podcast for quite some time. I finally had our lovely admin, Jen, just you know, completely bust his balls to get him on here this time. His name is JJ Zacharyson. He is the editor-in-chief at NumberFire and at FanDuel.com. You can find him on Twitter at Late Round QB, and he's also the host of the Late Round Podcast that you can find anywhere uh, podcasts are listened to. One of the many shows that are part of the FanDuel Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> JJ, what the hell's going on, brother? I love the pause game, man. The pause game was very, very strong. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to talk some football. I've, I've I've learned from the absolute best at the pause game that I know of. Absolutely, if you guys don't listen to JJ's pod, it's a it's a it's a it's a staple in my rotation. He's 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 one of the one of the better thinkers out there, and you'll be a better fantasy player for it if you go give him a listen over there. It's again the late round podcast. All right, JJ, our time is short, and I have so much I want to get to here, so let's just dive right in. Are, are there players right now at this – and shit, it's, it's August. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah, August. it's wild. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, but if it's, so it still feels like – I'm so conditioned to say like at this early point, you know, in the, in the, in the process, but it's kind of not. We're kind of getting into it. So as of right now, you know, the week of August 3rd, uh, are there players you find yourself consistently targeting in drafts given their ADP? Yeah, I, I really like a lot of the second year wide receivers. Uh, so I'm, I'm really into Hollywood Brown. I think there's a lot of reasons to, to like him and his upside. Uh, Terry McLaurin's another guy that I've, I've targeted a good bit because I think that just where he's being drafted, he's usually one of the last guys sort of in that tier. Uh, and, and you can get him at a pretty nice price for, for what, you know, obviously there's a lot of, of volume upside there. Um, you know, I, I'm buying into the Deontay Johnson hype. Um, definitely on, on team Deontay. Uh, and then, you know, so, some of the later round running backs that I've, I've sort of gravitated towards, you know, I, I really like Antonio Gibson late, um, and, and what he can bring to that Washington offense and the versatility. Um, I'm starting to buy into the Keyshawn Vaughn dip, uh, if, if his ADP ends up dropping with the LaShawn McCoy signing, I think LaShawn McCoy is actually going to be utilized more than people think right now. Uh, and then, and then Daryl Henderson too. He Daryl Henderson was someone that I did not think I was going to be buying into at all this year. Um, but just where his ADP is and the gap between him and Cam Akers and what we've heard from Sean McVay, um, you know, I, I just think that he's the right kind of, of bet to make right now. Did you see the thing on Twitter where they're talking to Shady? He's been talking to uh, he's been talking to Dion Lewis and some of these other guys about being a pass catcher for for Tom Brady. 
Yeah, man. I mean, he's, uh, it seems like seems like there's something there that we're not wanting to buy into just because how bad he's been. Yeah. Right? I mean, look, all of the quotes from Bruce Arians entering the combine was that they wanted to find an every down back, a guy who could catch passes out of the backfield and who could pass protect. And, you know, at first and, and I still think that Keyshawn Vaughn could be that player because Keyshawn Vaughn's a very solid prospect. I don't think that he right. does anything exceptionally well, but he's a very solid running back in my eyes. Um, but, you know, there's obviously less of a ramp up to the season. Um, so there's a little bit of worry there with any rookie. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Sean McCoy gets a lot of run. We saw this also five years ago with Chris Johnson. He got some run in that offense uh, as a veteran signing under Bruce Arians. And I think we could see something similar with Sean McCoy. Yeah, and then the the other thing you meant, just with the whole thing with Keyshawn Vaughn, the the interest there was the fact you know maybe he could come in and he you know he's a good pass protector in college. As far as the market share, of re- I mean he had a higher market share of receptions in the within the context of that crappy offense than, um, than even like Clyde Edwards. Yeah. Everybody talks yeah the sec- second best in the class. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting thing, but do you, th- do you think that, uh, do you, th- but you did mention that Keyshawn Vaughn was somebody who you're finding yourself getting is that just cause he's falling so far because like you're the, it seems like everybody I've talked to is really cooling on Keyshawn. Are you saying that since he's fallen so far, now you're finally becoming interested? Is that kind of the deal? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I was interested before, you know, the he hit the COVID list and before the LaShawn McCoy signing, you know, like a month mm-hmm. ago, a month and a half ago. I was I was into Keyshawn Vaughn at cost versus Ronald Jones at cost, but now I'm more into it, into the idea of getting Keyshawn Vaughn because I'm assuming, and we've already seen some of it that the ADP is just going to drop. And if the ADP drops into those double-digit rounds where the opportunity cost really isn't that high, it doesn't matter if that guy busts. Um, I'm, I'm shooting strictly for upside. And in the case of Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, he does have a do-it-all skill set. I don't know if we see that come to fruition right away, um, especially with this LaShawn McCoy signing and because of uh, him being on the COVID list right now, Vaughn. Right. Um, but I do think that he's the right kind of, of player to target late, just given what he can offer. And the, and like I would just tell people that when you look at ADPs, if what you look at is fantasy pros or you know CBS or even MFL or any of these uh, any of these sites, Yahoo, ESPN, that are a little bit more mainstream, I think that the canary in the coal mine with where these ADPs go is generally the FFPC in these yeah. best ball drafts and these like and Keyshawn Vaughn's really been following a lot more in those, so I think it makes sense to picture it happening. But man, even the fantasy pros consensus he's down. Like he's going back to back with like AJ Dillon and Chase Edmonds and stuff. So it's been a, it's, it's I think it's starting, yeah. Yeah, it's starting to get into the general public's, uh, you know, uh, the into the general public space there that maybe Keyshawn Vaughn is certainly dropping. All right. So uh, what about speaking of guys who you can, you can get late or whatever you're one of your shows. And I can't believe, dude, can you believe I only started listening to living the stream last year? I've I mean, I, 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 I don't blame year. you. I, I don't blame you. That show, <laughs> that show is out of control. I I think it's awesome. I just I, for some reason I didn't I like I've been following you and Denny since we both since all of us started yeah. in in this business and like I just I I never listened. That show is that's another great podcast that you guys should, you. you guys should listen to. They uh, Denny Denny Carter, CD Carter from Twitter and JJ get on that pod and each week they talk about their favorite streamers at various positions. I'm warning. Have you looked into the early season schedules and maybe thought about guys? You know, like a lot of us who do stream at the tight end quarterback in the defensive uh, positions. Uh, generally, I've always like looked at the first couple weeks and said, well, 
you know, if I'm going to be streaming anyway, I might as well start out with the guy or, or a team defense with a great schedule. Are there any that you've already looked at and maybe identified that, you know, if you totally punt at one of those spots, you could get, get a good bang for your buck as far as the early season? Yeah, I mean, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the easy go-to here. Um, you know, Cam Newton gets gets Miami week one. I do think Cam, you know, at his ADP right now is the right kind of, of guy to target just because the upside's there. But I would I would anticipate that ADP rising a little bit. But Jimmy Garoppolo is just a dart throw cheap guy. He gets the Cardinals, Jets, Giants, Eagles, and Dolphins over the first five weeks of the season. Um, those are all outside the top 10 in pro football focus, secondary rankings. Uh, the Jets and Giants should really struggle in the secondary this year. Um, it's just, and, and also last year he played pretty well against the Cardinals and, and those games uh, were typically high scoring. So I, I really like Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback position. If you're looking to stream at tight end, I'm not necessarily looking, you know, entering a season, looking to stream. I'm really just shooting for, for crazy upside with, with uh, tight ends that I can draft late. One of my favorite super late kind of dart throw tight ends this year is Irv Smith. Um, you know, I, I did a, a study on breakout tight ends and finding breakout tight ends. And really two of the things that, that were obvious was that uh, these breakout tight ends rarely come from nowhere, meaning there's there's usually some draft capital behind them or they had some sort of target share previ- the previous season. Uh, but then on top of that, they're usually athletic. The, the average, so I had a breakout tight end sample, the average speed score within that sample was in the 86th percentile. So of the breakout tight ends that we've seen over the last decade, the average breakout tight end had a, had a speed score in the 86th percentile. Uh, Irv Smith fits that bill. He's in like in the 75th or so. Um, but, you know, last year, Kyle Rudolph, um, he basically performed just as well as Kyle Rudolph did. Now you don't have Stefan Diggs. There's not much competition there for volume. Justin Jefferson being a rookie, we don't know how that ramp up's going to look like. I think Irv Smith is set up to have a really decent season. So he's my like, you know, super dart throw guy. You know, I'd rather have like a Hayden Hurst, let's say, but I still think that Irv Smith is really, really intriguing. And then at defense, uh, the Eagles get Washington in week one. The Bills get the Jets. I think those are two go-tos. Um, and, and don't sleep on the Chiefs who are playing the Texans in week one, where we know that Deshaun Watson has a high sack rate. Um, and, and the Chiefs are big favorites in that game as well. So I think all three of those defenses could be targeted as streamers. So those are all great choices. I, and as I'm looking at the, our strength of schedule tool up at Roster Watch, as far as the fast start portion of it, it does. It's got it's got San Francisco as the fast. Well, it's got San Francisco and Chicago tied, but nobody's interested in any Chicago. <laughs> so, but but yeah, San Francisco. I mean, our tool says says the exact same thing. Arizona Jets. Uh, Giants, Philly could be a little bit tougher, but to do yeah. then right after that, they're going to get Miami. Yeah, so that's crazy. That's a that's a that's a very good that's a very good point with Jimmy. And then as far as Irv Smith, the only thing I'd point out too that I mean you broke down the numbers very well, but the other thing we can just point in mind is that uh, keep in mind is an important point is that Irv Smith is objectively just an awesome football player. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean so it's like yeah, you can add that on too. And then with KC, I wish I remember who. Uh, I wish I remember who talked about this, but it was on a you know, either on a podcast or a show that I was listening to on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, where one person was talking about their interest in selecting the Jets as their uh, you know as their defense because people think about the Jets as an offensive team, and you know generally these offensive teams aren't going to be these teams with these smothering defenses. Well, uh, he had quoted a study that it said these teams like the. Chiefs that are just like these really prolific offenses where you're forcing the other team to just they're going to be put in situations where they're going to have to drop back and pass. Yep. And the, as much it, as many dropbacks as you can get from the opposition for your team defense, if you're trying to go trying to go big, 
is is the best thing that you can get. You're not going to rack up any fantasy points if the other team's just running the football on you. Yep, exactly. Uh, so um, love love all those answers. All right, a uh, couple couple more things here. I uh, wanted to ask you about. So I know you've done studies about these kind of league winning players, these breakout players, where you've sort of made these lists and you can kind of sort of check these boxes and say these are the sorts of things that you look for in these types of players who are going to break out or are going to have these big time seasons. Or is there any, you mentioned Irv Smith earlier that checks a lot of the boxes at the tight end position. Um, and I think that's a fine answer, but are, are there any of these guys that your studies, any of these guys who you can kind of look at this year and look at their, you know, statistical profiles and their attributes and say, harken back to one of those studies and say, this is a guy who, you know, based on what I found, I, I think has a, you know, has all the makings of a dude who we can expect to kind of break out and, and have a big year. Yeah. So I did these studies on, on spotting breakout players where I looked at wide receivers, running backs and tight ends. Quarterback was kind of tough. I didn't find really any correlations aside from the fact that guys either had an outlier year or they were just crazy running the football. And that's really, you know, that's really what you got to look at with, with the quarterback position. Um, but at running back in particular, you know, I, you know, going back to the league winner stuff that you talked about, um, I did do a study also on where league winning players come from. And the long story short is that, and it's not surprising, but league winners are generally coming from the first few rounds of drafts. The guys who are really giving you a crazy edge, but the, of the positions, if you're looking at wide receiver versus running back, running backs are going to be a little bit easier to find later round value with, uh, than wide receivers in terms of finding league winning players. So, uh, you know, how do you spot those breakout running backs and how do you spot those later round running backs who then become something? That's really what I try to dive into, uh, when, when looking at, you know, how to find a breakout running back and doing that study. Um, and, and really what I, what I found was what I did was I found all these running backs who exceeded ADP expectation by a hundred or more points over the last nine years. So since 2011, and really what I found was that most breakout running backs are pass catchers. They're, they're guys who had a disproportionate amount of touches via the air versus on the ground. Um, they also come from ambiguous backfields and they're not typically handcuffed. So those, those two things sort of go hand in hand where the, the number one, these guys are typically number two running backs in their team in terms of ADP. And the number one running back on their team that's being drafted has typically on average been drafted at the end of round five and into round six. Pick 59 was the average ADP of the running back ahead of them. So essentially what I'm saying here is that if you look at all the round five-ish running backs right now, look at the number two running backs on their teams and see if there are any pass catchers amongst those players. And that's a good way to quickly spot a breakout running back candidate. So if you look right now at Houston, you have David Johnson, but Duke Johnson is behind him. We know Duke Johnson is a pass catcher. That's someone who I'm iffy on because we've given Duke Johnson so many opportunities in the past. And I feel the same way too about Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman fits the mold really, really well, where last season even he was the the primary pass. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Pass catcher in that backfield, at least compared to Raheem Mostert. Um, I mean, Tevin Coleman was the starter on that team in the playoffs until he got hurt, too. Right. Uh, but, yep. you know, Tevin Coleman's another guy who really fits the mold of being this breakout. Tariq Cohen, another player who had a down year last year. 
he's the easiest way to get 90 plus targets late in your draft at, at the running back position. But those are the types of players that you want to be targeting. And then you can go a little bit deeper and say, you know, Antonio Gibson, who I like a lot, who sort of fits that too. We know he's coming in as right. a pass catcher, the Swiss army knife kind of player. They don't have many pass catching options there. It, it shouldn't shock anyone. If someone like Antonio Gibson sort of emerges in that backfield in some way and has some sort of role. So that's really what I'm looking at with, with uh, running backs and then with wide receivers, it's generally the same thing. You're finding ambiguous situations uh, where the wide receiver on average is being drafted. The top wide receiver is being drafted actually in the sixth round as opposed to round five, round six. Uh, wide receivers typically don't come from nowhere, meaning they had a decent target share the year prior to breaking out. Um, and then on top of that, uh, second year wide receivers tend to break out at a more intense rate than other aged wide receivers. So all of that combined, one of the things or one of the players that really fits the mold that's going really late is Preston Williams. Um, you know, the, you have the injury concern. That's an issue for I sure. Like um, like but there's a lot to like about Preston Williams situation. Preston Williams had more targets than Devontae Parker before he got hurt last year. Um, so there's a lot to like there. Not as bad of a prospect as people think because he went undrafted. A lot of that was because of the off the field stuff. Off field. Yeah. yeah. And so so there's. Preston Williams is one guy who I've been targeting a whole lot. And then obviously a lot of the other second round or second year guys that I mentioned earlier, I think are good breakout candidates too. But uh, of the later round guys, you know, the double digit round guys, Preston Williams is the one that I've been targeting the most. Whenever I look at sort of the, sort of the, that um, kind of late fourth, fifth round area with these runners, some of them, I think that you mentioned a lot of the good ones, but I would just say Mark Ingram's going a little bit earlier than that. I know, you know, prob J.K. Dobbins is probably not you know, too sneaky a pick as a guy that could eventually yeah. go big there. And then the other guy I looked at and I sort of thought about, well, James Conner is starting to go sort of around there. And maybe you could take a look at an Anthony McFarland or yep. you know, somebody like that. That could also sort of fit the mold uh, that you laid out as far as, you know, the starting running back is being taken in these middling rounds, the pass catcher behind those guys. Speaking of James Conner, I know you're a pit. I, you're a, you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, aren't I'm a, you? I, I am born and raised. I don't live there anymore, okay, but I'm born right. born and raised Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So, what about Connor? Like, what do you think, man? Where are you on him? I, I I just I can't figure out if he if he belongs in the same tier as like the Gurleys and the the you know the Fournettes and you know Melvin Gordon and you know especially with the man I had been all right on this show last week and he's talking about how. Philip Lindsay's going to have an even even split with Melvin Gordon, which really wow. is like, whoa. Um, but in in but besides all that, like, do you is he in that tier or is he more kind of in the kind of the like that tier we were just talking about, like the guys like Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary, those types? How how do you see James Conner this year? Is he going to hold on to the? I mean, because if if he's if if he's healthy and they play him like they played their running backs before, he's he should be a massive value. Um, I'm not sure that things are going to stay the same. Do you have any kind of beat on this? Is there any, any insight you have about? Yeah. I mean, I mean, think of it this way. If James Conner, if we were guaranteed that he was going to be the workhorse or, or if we, we didn't have question marks around like Anthony McFarland, let's say, um, which I don't think we should have massive, massive question marks around James Conner's role. I think in an ideal world, they want to still, you know, James Conner's his final year as, as on, on his contract. Um, it wouldn't be shocking at all if the Steelers, I mean, we've seen the Steelers handle uh, workhorse running backs in the past with Le'Veon Bell and they just run him into the ground. Um, and then they obviously were franchise tagging or trying to franchise tag to Le'Veon Bell. Um, but with James Conner, it's a different situation because he's not going to be, he, he's not someone that you franchise. Um, but uh, it's his last season on his contract. He could easily walk into that workhorse role. It's what we've seen under Tomlin over the last decade. Um, yep. and, and so if, if you didn't have the injury concerns with James Conner, I feel like he would be a second round pick, you know, a late second round pick just because 
of what we know his upside is. And that's really what I look for with all these guys is, you know, where's their true path to upside? Is there a true path to them being league winning type players where they're top five, top 10 guys. And of all the guys, the, the players you just mentioned, you know, I think there's plenty of question marks with Devin Singletary with, with Zach Moss there and Mark Ingram, obviously with, with JK Dobbins. And then even Todd Gurley, we don't know how he's going to hold up. We don't know what Leonard Fournette's receiving workload is going to look like. Uh, Melvin Gordon has competition of all those guys. I think James Conner is, is the best bet, you know, to, to have that true upside. So so to me, I think that he should be ranked ahead of them, or at least, you know, I think Gurley's kind of in the same tier as him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that that he's uh, one of the very few desirable RB2s to draft this year. Uh, uh, you, you, you love to hear it. All right, so uh, whenever we talk about, you know, you have to take stand, like our job, we got to take some stands. Um, <laughs> sometimes players make us look bad. Yeah. Are there, are there any that you, are there any that you're high on for 20? So I'll ask you one, one player that you're high on, higher on the consensus, or you find yourself higher on consensus that could make you look bad or that yeah. you're worried kind of makes you look bad. And then one player that you're, you're a little bit lower on consensus that you're super worried is going to make you uh, end up going big and kind of making you look bad. Yeah. I feel like both of these things are going to happen to me too. Uh, uh, I, the, the guy that I'm higher on than consensus and I think could make me look bad is Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, I already talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, he had a 19% target share last year with terrible quarterback play as a rookie. We were hyping up this, this 2019 rookie wide receiver class and we should, cause they, were awesome last year. Uh, but Deontay Johnson led all of those wide receivers and receptions last year. He had a really, really underrated, good season, solid season. Um, and to me, the chase Claypool pick was more about James Washington than Deontay Johnson. That's, that's more of the role that they would envision right. him playing. I mean, to be fair, I thought the, the chase Claypool pick Claypool. was more, let's get like a, 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 some sort of move tight end in there. That's, so, I, that's kind of what we all thought. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a very, and then they're like, no, we're going to play him outside. And I was like, Oh, that doesn't really make that much sense, but, but we'll run with it and we'll see what they right. want to do with it. But to me, uh, you know, if he's playing that, t- that kind of role, that's more of the James Washington role than, than what Deontay Johnson plays in that offense. So I really like Deontay Johnson with, with Roethlisberger back. They should run more passing plays. If that target share ends up being a 22 or 23% target share, then all of a sudden Deontay Johnson is going to be a top 15, 20 guy in terms of targets. And that's, that's really what we're buying into, uh, you know, in, in fantasy football. And the thing, you know, people might not have been as high on him coming out, but it's kind of like you said, like with, with, with Chase Claypool after just getting to see him, I, I can't believe he, he ran that 40. Seeing yeah. him at the senior bowl, I was like, gee, you know, this, 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 I mean, that must be fake that he ran the 40 <laughs> like that. He was having a lot of trouble separating getting open. Right. But Deontay, but the fact of the matter is you, you, you have to, you have to give those guys credit. You, you, you have to give those guys credit for identifying these, these wide receivers and, like right. you said, some, sometimes just roll with it. And Deontay Johnson showed last year that he has a lot of talent. I just – I'm not sure I was buying the original hype on him when he at first when he was going. And he he, was, he spiked up in the best ball drafts into like the you know the seventh round and stuff. It feels like he's a, he's, he's a lot more affordable now. So definitely interested in looking there. The, is there. Is there anybody that you're super low on? Like yeah, so – yeah, totally that would make, make me look like an idiot. Yeah, and I'm yeah. ready for this guy to make me look like an idiot because he's a really good football player. I just have a lot of question marks surrounding Austin Eckler that I think people aren't asking oh, okay. and, and looking at enough. Um, and it's not that I think that he's a bad like late second round pick. It's more so, you know, if I'm in that tier and I'm looking at like a Kenyon Drake or you know, I, at one point Miles Sanders was part of that tier, but he's he's shot up into the first round more so. But, you know, if I'm looking at like those kinds of players where we know they have legitimate, legitimate 
three down workhorse potential. Like a Kenyon Drake's a good example, just given what he did down the stretch last year in, oh, in Arizona. Sure. Um, you know, I'm siding with it. I, I think that Austin Eckler should be towards the end of that tier. And it's, it's in sort of like a no man's land in the draft. So I understand why he's going where he's going. Um, but I have, I just have some hesitation that, that I, I don't think people are asking enough questions about his situation. You know, last year he had a really high yards per target rate. That's almost definitely going to regress. You know, you no longer have Phillip Rivers in that offense. Phillip Rivers over the last decade has been heavily targeting the running back position in terms of target share. Um, so that's, that's, you know, six of the last nine seasons, Phillip Rivers offenses have ranked in the top six in terms of targeting running backs in terms of target share. So how, what's that going to look like? His receiving touchdowns are going to regress Austin Eckler's. Um, and then I, I do think that people are sort of dismissing Joshua Kelly and what he could do as oh, an yeah. early down runner in that offense. He's exactly what they need to complement Austin Eckler. It's, it's the perfect compliment. And what happens if Josh Kelly maybe not at the beginning of the season, but as the season rolls on, ends up taking more of that goal line work and really does take on more of a, a Melvin Gordon role, maybe not as much of the receiving role that Melvin Gordon had, but takes on that Melvin Gordon role. All of a sudden, Austin Eckler in a worse offense, uh, hypothetically without Phillip Rivers there, uh, not seeing maybe as much volume and not being as efficient. You know, I think that he's a guy that you're drafting for a floor in the second round, and that's fine but I'm more so shooting for ceiling at every, every round of my draft. I know that it seems like you can't get that much equity out of a second round pick because of where he's being drafted. But to me, you know, this, there's, there's just a higher ceiling and, and a more projectable ceiling for some of the other running backs that are being drafted there. Yeah. And it's almost like that floor that you're projecting is own. I mean, it's kind of restricted to PPR. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, so it's, it's, I mean, as you get into half point and standard, it's a little, it gets even a little bit more dicey with him. And I love that you brought up Joshua Kelly. I mean, if there's a kid that's easy to root for, yeah, it's, yeah. it is, it is, it is him. He's, I mean, he's going to be, he's, he's going to be a, uh, he'll be a first ballot hall of famer just as a dude. You yeah, know? That's <laughs> just, what I've just, heard. Yeah. As a cool dude. Um, all right. So uh, I need, I need to get you out of here, but let's just go rapid fire. Just on you, you tell me your level of confidence on a one to 10 scale of, about some of these mid round wide receivers for anybody that might be going running back heavy at the beginning of their drafts and filling out their wide receiver core here through the middle. So we'll just go through a few. You can tell me what your confidence level is for redraft these one to 10. Okay. How about DJ Chark? I'm going to go with a seven for Chark. DK Metcalf. I'm going to go with a five because I, I I like where Tyler Lockett's going. So it's sort of a, you know, a play on that. He went, he went in this, in this auction, the Jake's, I was on Sirius yesterday commentating this um, Siri on Sirius, the Jake Seeley's fantasy league of flex. Yeah. The flex draft. Yeah. And it was the auction that I was covering and DK, DK Metcalf went for more than Adam Thielen. Um, He went for more than Amari Cooper. He yeah. went for he went for twenty nine dollars. All there was a big group of dudes that went for. I, I think he went for his he went for as much as Calvin Ridley. I, yeah, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I love Metcalf, and he had a ton of end zone targets last year, and they're utilizing him in the right way. You know, you want high average at the target, lots of end zone targets. We know he's a freak, um, but I just you know I think that there's enough worry there. I just think Tyler Lockett's a safer bet. What about what about Hollywood Brown? I'm going to go with a nine. I, I'm buying into to, to Brown. Also, I mean, like where he's being drafted, if you miss him and if, you know, if, if it doesn't pan out with Hollywood, it's not the biggest deal in the world. What about Will Fuller? I'm going to go eight with, with Fuller. So you like, I mean, I, if you get Will Fuller and Hollywood Brown as your wide receiver two and wide receiver three, and yeah. we can start three wide receivers, you're feeling like your team is explosive. Yeah. Um, what about, what about Julian Edelman? I'll say six. I think he's properly valued, but he's probably a little bit undervalued, but it's one of those things where it's hard to really envision that ceiling because we know that he's so tied to volume and that, that high target share. 
Okay. And then the last of this little game, what about AJ Green? He's kind of hard to kind of hard to make nuts and bolts of. He is. That's why I went with a four just because of the 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 injury history and and you know buying into that. I think that he's, you know, it's it's easy to say I want to fade this guy. And, and we we just don't know what his ceiling is anymore because he hasn't played in so long. All right, guys, I'm going I'm, I'm to let you know, just as listeners here, the Roster Watch pod, man, all of Roster Watch Nation. If you're not following JJ, I'm sure 80% of you are. But if you're not, you can find him on Twitter at Late Round QB. I would implore you, please go listen to his podcast. Subscribe um, wherever you listen. It's called the Late Round Podcast. JJ's been really good at marketing that uh, whole aspect of his, of his brand. Um, and, uh, of course, also the Living the Stream podcast. You can find his content at Number Fire. And of course, uh, over at FanDuel. So mobilize, unite, go get that done, guys. All right, JJ, we get, I'll, I'll get you out of here with one more question. One player who you think, or no, one player who you are sure that their ADP is going to rise uh, bet- between now and September that, that, that we should be getting on now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be based on play because we're not seeing these guys play in any nope. games. Uh, so it's going to be all on on you know stuff that we hear out of camps and and whatnot. So I think that the answer to that's Cam Newton, um, where you know we we haven't seen him throw in a while, um, and I, I would assume that we're going to hear a lot of hype out of Patriots camp with Cam, and and so far we've already heard that. And, and you know, right now he's going in like the QB, you know, high end QB two range. I think we'll see him in low end QB one range by the time drafts really roll around. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.